Hello, hello. Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're talking about chapters 5 through 8 of The Hidden Oracle. out like a poll on our Instagram when after we record the first episode just because I was like curious about how many of our followers have read it and like a lot of them said they're reading it with us which That's is so, so sweet cute. like most so, of them said they had read it but there was like a good chunk that were like I'm reading it along with Camp Half Pod and I was like oh so they're also learning things as I'm learning them yeah I gotta be like real careful about the spoilers yeah, because you're not just spoiling it for me. You're spoiling it for all the other children, too. You're going to be that children. kid in class yeah. who asks children. if there's homework. <laughs> I'm also a child. That's true. We're all children. Mm. We're all children. We're children of the earth at the end of the day. Okay. God. Thanks. Uh, what was that? Pan? Pan, yes. Pan? The Pan. wild. I was like, who is that goat? <laughs> the goat man. It's the goat. That's Grover. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I always love, so I think last time I had predicted, kind of I was on the right track. Of yeah. Like I predicted that they would get attacked or harassed or something mm-hmm. on the way to camp. But um, I didn't see how it was going to go at all. So yeah, there was a couple predictions I think I got wrong. And I have a couple more predictions on the way. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but these chapters go by really fast. I was like, because I feel like PJO, the chapters were longer, right? They definitely were. Because we did like three at a time in episodes and there was like, they were longer. Like, they were like average like about. 20 pages and these are an average of like 10 pages. So yeah. Apollo's brief. Yeah. Or Rick just is brief now. <laughs> well, he's like, <laughs> He's basically, I've been established. I don't need to have to explain things to yeah. you anymore. He's like, so I got a lot kind of content off. to get through here. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with PJO, he had to, he got to explain each myth and each, mm-hmm. like, and then what the concept of a demigod and Percy found out with us and all of the stuff Apollo knows. Mm-hmm. Apollo knows too much for a 16-year-old at this point. Yeah. <laughs> What's his, uh... What's his human name? Tristan? Lester. 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 Okay, that's not even close. It wasn't close. I yeah, Tristan's at least acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Lester. Lester is rough, my dude. Yeah. Sorry to all the Lesters. Did it say his birthday? Do we have his star sign? Oh, on his driver's license? Yeah, I don't think it said his birthday. It just said that he was 16, which, like, presumably yeah. it says his birthday, but we don't know. If anyone he knows can. his birthday, let us know. I need to know his star sign. <laughs> he's got to be a sun sign because apollo is like the sun god right yeah yeah you would think yeah and he feels he feels like a fire sign yeah yeah mix of some stuff yeah yeah well Anyways. uh to, <laughs> to summarize what we're going to be talking about today percy is going to take meg and apollo towards camp and of course they're going to have a couple hiccups on the way anyone has ever gotten to camp smoothly in these books no no one's gotten anywhere smoothly (laughs) that is true they can't go to a new location without getting harassed 
That sounds Except terrible. once in a while, there's like a sudden chapter where it's like one line. It's like, well, well, Jason just flew and air- took an airplane over to a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? <laughs> Rick got tired. He was like, I can't come up with more obstacles right now. I need to give these kids a break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've got chapter five, which starts with seven layer dip chocolate chip cookies in blue. I love this woman. Like same. same. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's the anthem. So Sally Jackson has performed what Apollo classifies as a miracle. She's turned Meg from his words, a street urch- urchin to a fairly pretty young girl. Basically, Ew. Sally just gave the child a bath and gave gave her new clothes. I really love that Meg is described as like an urchin and like feral. <laughs> like she's Apollo, but it's really funny. He found her. He's like, I found her in an alleyway. This is my favorite new pet. Yeah, she bites. This is my dog. (laughs) She bites everyone. Yeah. And Apollo then looks at Meg properly and finds that she reminds him of someone, some dryad that he knew once. He doesn't name this dryad. That he, it was one of the only two mortals that he's ever fallen in love with. But like, don't worry, Rick takes some time here to be like, don't misunderstand me in Apollo's voice. To say, he's not in love with Meg. There's no attraction. Meg is a child, and he is in a 16-year-old body and would not be attracted to a 12-year-old. Because that's weird. Even though a book ago, he was like, Frank is 16 and Hazel is 13. But okay. (laughs) He realized how weird that was, probably. And then I think he changes their age, right? We discussed that. Yeah, that's apparently a thing. I think, like, Frank, or he makes Hazel 14 or something. He makes it only, like, a two-year age gap instead of three. Yeah, which, it's. I mean, that just shows you when you're that age. Like, even though it's just a couple years, it's, you know, you've only been alive for so long that the couple years make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, do-do-do... Where was it? Oh, but he says that Meg looks like she could be the child of the dryad that he once loved and had the dryad lived longer. And he doesn't say any more about that. He doesn't want to think about it. So we know that one of Apollo's mortal loves met a untimely end, shockingly. Mm. But Apollo then turns to Percy and Meg and notices that Percy has a ton of study books out. He's been prepping for the SATs, apparently. That's something demigods Mm. still have to do. Yes. Percy, I know, I've, and now we know that that new Percy book is about him getting letters <laughs> of Rick. Demigods have to do it all. Apparently. I wonder if Rick is going to continue, like, making it on the same timeline where he's going to be careful not to mention, like, current events and, like, mm-hmm. new updated technology because it doesn't match. Like, Percy is supposed to be in his 20s at this point or, like, almost 30, right? He'd be, yeah, he'd be, like, in his, Yeah. And so I hope he doesn't because every book that's brought up the pandemic, I've been like an immediate nope. So yeah, like I'd like to live in my fantasy, my fantasy books. I'd like to continue to live in my fantasy of there was no pandemic and I didn't exactly with all of that. Yeah, yeah, will not stand for it. Then so. Percy then tells Meg that he is indeed the child of Poseidon and Meg and asks Meg who her parents are. Even though she seemed to know immediately that she's a demigod, she doesn't know who her godly parent is, doesn't know who her mortal parent is, or at least doesn't want to tell us. 
When Percy tries to ask where she came what came from, he asks if she's like from a foster home or something. She just like folds into herself and won't answer any questions. And Percy is like cool and just moves on from it. Yeah. Throughout this conversation, Sally brings them all seven layer bean dip. And there's like a really random exchange where Apollo says seven layers. You knew seven is my sacred number. You invented this for me, which made me chuckle because (laughs) what? But Sally is like, "Uh, no, I I didn't invent this. Like she probably got it from one of those food blogs. (laughs) But Apollo makes it personally. Sally's probably really used to dealing with narcissistic gods because like, yeah. let's be honest, even though Poseidon probably really adored her, mm-hmm. he was a full, he's a god, he's a full narcissist, so she just knows how to like brush it off and move on. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's just like, um, no, yeah. <laughs> actually no, and just ignores him. <laughs> Apollo then tells Percy about some more of his predicament, how he's trapped as a mortal, it's happened twice before, and as far as he knows, he'll have to complete some kind of trials to be turned back into a god. That's trials why he, of Apollo? Yeah, the, the said Trials of Apollo. <laughs> title of the book, title of the series. That's why he needs Percy's help to get to Camp Half-Blood. He wants to find Chiron and ask Chiron for some advice. And I was like, what's Chiron going to do? Be like, let's play a a war game. They don't even do war games. They just do capture the flag. They're not the Roman camp. (laughs) War games would be almost too productive. uh, Yeah, exactly. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. We only want them to be like practiced in games. The fun part. (laughs) Apollo is sure that Zeus must have sent him, must have let him retain some godly powers also and thinks that Chiron will be able to help him sort out which ones. He's like, maybe I have secretly have abs underneath all of this or like can <laughs> shoot an arrow really well. Percy agrees to help out and drive them there, but he has to be back in the evening to study. So no nonsense. The more he said that, the more I was like, you're gonna have a bad time, Percy. Yeah, you're like, yes, nonsense. Anywhere Percy goes, there is nonsense. So chapter six, nonsense happens. Remember those shiny blobs that make saw? Wait, 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 you have to say your... Oh, shoot, uh, you're right. Oh, I can't forget that. Let me pull it up. I didn't even write it down. Okay. Chapter six, Aquaman driving couldn't possibly be worse. Oh, wait, now it is. So... Nonsense happens immediately, almost immediately. Remember those shiny blobs that Meg saw following them before they went into Percy's building? Well, the shiny blobs are still following them. And also, Percy drives very poorly and immediately makes Apollo car sick, which is on brand for how I imagine Percy. (laughs) Yeah, he's a fire sign. Yeah, yeah. You don't drive poorly. You're a fire sign. I drive very aggressively. Like I, I feel like you're driver. a safer driver than you think you are. I think I'm safer than like other people I know, but I'm definitely <laughs> not as safe as <laughs> as I should be. I definitely <laughs> never. I'm always ten over, and I always overtake people. And Damn. I think it's because I live in a city, and so driving mm, in a city just yeah. automatically makes you, like, I feel like Percy is a fire sign, and he's a New Yorker. Like, he doesn't have time for this. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Before they spot the blobs, first they have a little chat in which Percy mentions that the Oracle still isn't working, 
So like throw back to how in Heroes of Olympus at the end of the last book, they were mentioning that there's trouble with Delphi. It turns out that six months have passed since then, during which Apollo was MIA because he was hiding from Zeus the whole time. Like he was just <laughs> running around hiding from Zeus and the Oracle still isn't working. Like that was never resolved. And Apollo's surprised and frustrated that it's still not working. And this means no prophecies. So I guess Rachel gets like a little vacation. If I were her, I'd be like grateful for it. I am. Apollo thinks that this must be part of his quest. The Oracle is being held hostage by an adversary that he won't dare name. But before Apollo can dwell much more, they spot the blobs catching up to the car. Percy naturally veers off the freeway and drives very illegally in the direction of the ocean because it's where he's more powerful. Apollo thinks he recognizes what these spirits are, but he can't recall their name. His mortal mind can't hold all millennia of memories he has as a god. And that's like clearly going to be an issue for him throughout. Mm. I think it'd be too easy if he could remember every single fact. Yeah. Also, because like we as the reader, like we don't know who that is. (laughs) Yeah. We need to learn along with him. Yes. The car ends up stuck between two trunks before Percy can make it all the way to the ocean. It's like poor Paul's car. It gets totaled every time Percy drives in. (laughs) And they stumble out of the car to find three smoky figures stopped at the edge of the orchard that they're stuck in. The blobs have grown arms and legs and formed eyes. Apollo knows he's seen these before but can't remember when or how. Then they solidify into ghoulish corpses with yellow eyes and Apollo is like, oh... I know who they are. They are the no soy, the plague spirits, which cannot be killed. Nice. Love that. Um, My notes on these two chapters. Oh, it is mentioned that Meg has a crush on Percy. Like she just mm-hmm. kind of gets all like blushy. And then he mentions Annabeth offhandedly and she immediately looks angry. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny because everyone has a crush on Percy. Everyone it's who meets just him. His, except for Piper, where they very Yeah, Piper's not state. like other girls. No. <laughs> she likes her boring blonde white men. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's other... me reading Percy as not white, but like That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Up for interpretation. <laughs> And then my other note is, I was like, is this how the pandemic started with Apollo's plague spirits? I really hope Rick doesn't add that into the next books and be like, remember those plague spirits? They got free. Be like, no. I I also wrote that in my notes. I was like, this is how COVID started. He was predicting it. Because when was this book published? Like Probably like 2012, I think. Or like 20, no, it was later. 2016. It was 2016. Yeah, because there's some lingo in here that's a little more, like, recent lingo. (laughs) Because Heroes of Olympus was, like, 2012, and by that time that series ended, it was probably, like, 2015, 2016. Yeah. Also to remember to note is that because there are no prophecies, there are no quests. Yeah. Yes. Rachel gets a break. (laughs) (laughs) All these kids are, like... We want quests. And she's like, sorry, I'm closed. <laughs> I'm actually taking a spa week. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> spa, spa six months, I guess. But um, it's always really interesting because we see it as the chapters go on as Apollo noting that he's like, well, the, the demigods will fix this for me. Like one of them will go on a mm-hmm. quest and do something. And um, 
they're like, well, there's no no prophecies to go on a quest, so no, you are out of luck. Like you have to do it yourself. But every single time, Apollo's like, well, the demigods will save me. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, well, we God, can save yourself, Apollo. Yeah. You're on your own, kid. Self-love. All right. Well, I have chapters seven through eight. So chapter seven, tag with plague spirits. You're it and you're infectious. Have fun with that. Lol. <laughs> See, he, su- he snuck a lol in there. I know. He's hip. <laughs> Except he's like all caps, so it's like a proper LOL. Oh, it's like a pro- it's like an adult LOL. Yeah. It's like how my dad says LOL. <laughs> So you know that it is, in fact, a little laugh out yeah. loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we know that the shiny blobs are called no-soy, which are plague spirits, something that even with all of his experience fighting monsters, Percy has never dealt with them before, which I was like, side note, did they cause COVID? Probably. <laughs> Probably. The no-soy try to explain why they have come. They try to do an evil villain monologue, but... Of course, Apollo interrupts them and interprets for them. He's like, I'm the god of healing. You see that I'm an immortal body and you want to destroy me. Apollo continues his like false bravado and hopes that Meg and Percy come up with a way to save him. He's like, they're demigods. They got to do the work. The Nosoi charge at them. Apollo warning Percy and Meg not to be touched by them. They will infect everything they touch. Not even Percy's sword fighting works. Every time he cuts one of the Nosoi no so down they simply dissolve and reappear Percy's like this is my only trick (laughs) (laughs) I can only do sword at least you can do sword Meg's like I can throw garbage (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) um they also keep trying to lunge at him and knock him down so the group decides to instead run for it they see the western border of camp in the distance and head towards there Percy causes a water tank to explode behind them and give them a bit of time, but Apollo's mortal lungs and his muscles, or lack of them, are giving out and he knows they aren't going to make it. Suddenly, three columns of smoke appear in front of them, and two of the three nosoi turn into cadavers, like little zombie cadaver things, making them extra creepy. The third stays a column of smoke, and unfortunately, Percy runs straight into it. Apollo warns him not to breathe in, and Percy starts choking for probably the third time in his life he's unable to breathe. Apollo is thinking of ways to help him when the cadaver Noso charges at him. He turns to run away and runs straight into a tree. <laughs> the Noso think of a disease to inflict on the god, and then it descends on him. So chapter 8. Peaches in combat. I'm hanging it up now. My brain exploded. Apollo's, like, life regrets flash before his eyes as he dies. He makes a joke. He's like, you know, most people's life flash before their eyes. And he's like, if that had happened, at least I would have gotten, like, an hour and a half of replay. (laughs) So I could have lived longer. But he basically sees how he made Paul and John break up the Beatles. He sees how he helped Achilles get cut down at the Battle of Troy. He sees how he got Hyacinthus killed during a disc-throwing competition. Basically, he, like through a disc it came back like a boomerang it just like <laughs> decapitated the man nice then he also sees this dryad that you mentioned earlier uh the love of his life as he calls her get turned into a tree and so he doesn't give us a name or any other info and i was like i don't think i'm gonna look normally you know how you do like little myth breaks mm-hmm. and like but i'm not gonna look it up because it's a mystery and for once i actually don't know this one so i'm gonna let the book surprise me 
uh, the old Solar Apollo feels like it's time for him to die. He sees his life regrets. He's really remorseful. He's ready to just, you know, hang it up. But his 16-year-old mortal brain rebels, wanting to live and experience life. It's like, I've never even kissed anybody. I want to learn how to drive properly. I want to have all these experiences. It's not fair. So it, start, it starts to fight to live. I feel like that's not an accurate 16-year-old brain. <laughs> 16-year-old would be like, life sucks. <laughs> you as a 16-year-old particularly. Yeah, I would have been like, well, this is it. <laughs> it's like, about time. I've been here Finally. for 16 miserable years. <laughs> as Apollo dies, he sees Meg trying not to get touched by the nosoi, and he sees Percy crawl his way towards a mini geyser that he's made erupt from the ground, from the leaking water, from the water tank, etc. Percy sticks his diseased face into the water and turns the water on Apollo to clear the smoke. Meg yells at them to get down. All the trees start raining down peaches that are frozen and dead and black. Basically, um, it's not the time of year for peaches, but she has them fly around anyway. She likes her rotting fruit. She, if it's rotted, if it's not edible in any way, it's her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> These frozen peaches are violent and they make their way towards the nosoi. Meg stands completely unharmed in the center of the chaos, and the Nosoi go down, completely filled with holes from the peaches. Unfortunately, it's not enough to kill them. Like, if swords aren't going to get them, peaches probably wouldn't get them either. And they start to rise again. They tell Meg that she is strong, but not strong enough. A disappointment to her guardian, which, like, Apollo makes a note to be like, who the hell is that? And the statement makes Meg exceptionally upset, and she throws a mini tantrum, like, feet stomping, pulling hair, all of that stuff. And a grain spirit, which I was like, do you remember those from the weird baby demon things? It makes a reappearance and appears at her feet. The grain spirit is furious. And it seems a little bit rabid, which like, you know, a rabid spirit as a friend to a feral child makes sense. It's a match made in heaven. It's the perfect pet. The Noso tells it not to interfere and it responds by biting its head off and eating it whole. It goes after the other two and quickly destroys them before happily coming back to Meg's feet. At this point, Apollo and us kind of have an idea who's Meg's godly parent, maybe. This is where I made my prediction last time that I thought it was uh, Demeter. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to stick to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm 100%, but I'm like the, the trees. The rotting doesn't make the garbage part doesn't make sense, <laughs> but the organic does. It's a nice little flare she had. She's like, make it run. So actually, you know, it's like Demeter is actually the goddess of harvest. What if the harvest was bad? (laughs) (laughs) That's Meg. (laughs) That's Meg. (laughs) So um, Meg decides to keep the grain spirit and name it Peaches, which is the only word it seems to be able to say, which at this point I realize is a bit of a modern book. Also made me feel like, oh, wow, like Marvel Universe has been around for such yep. a fucking long time. Because yep. Percy's like, oh, is it a, is it like kind of like a Groot? And <laughs> everyone in the room is just like, or everyone's standing there is like, we have no idea what that is. Makes like, you think I have TV in my alleyway. Yeah. And basically he's like point, he's talking about Groot, the little tree creature from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he can mm-hmm. only say its own name. Mm-hmm. And so... The joke is lost on everyone and, and and also Aaron. 
I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. You have? Yeah. I oh, liked wow. it. I saw the first one. Were there more than one? <laughs> I guess there there's always two. more than one. Yes, I think, and they're making more. Anything that'll make them oh, a bit more money. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So after the battle, Percy is left with a head cold as a result of the plague smoke. He offers to still drive them the rest of the way, but when he turns, he sees a police cruiser coming towards his off-roaded Prius. Apollo tells him to go talk to the officer and make sure his car doesn't get towed. They'll just enter camp through the west. Percy is unsure about this. He says this part of camp isn't the usual entrance, and he's unsure if Apollo can even get into camp because he might be just fully mortal. But they have no other choice, so they give their goodbyes, and Percy heads over to sweet talk himself out of getting arrested. Basically, he's like trying. The way he's trying to sweet talk to them too is like he's like pretending he's like using his sickness to his advantage because he's mm. clearly super congested and looks ill. So he's like. Excuse me, officer. I'm sorry. Is this not the road to see? Did Percy just get? Was he victim like patient zero of COVID? <laughs> he was just back in. Is it COVID seventeen though? Not yeah, COVID nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like it went through the demigods first and evolved through them. Yeah, that's why yeah. it was like took out so many people because it grew pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apollo and Meg follow Peaches towards what they hope is camp, and the chapter ends. So, um, some notes. I definitely thought Apollo, when I was like, picked this up, I was like, Apollo in a 16-year-old boy's body is going to just be horny all the time, and I'm going to have to read that with my eyes. I was not excited for it. But it's, got, it's, it's gotten toned down with respect right? of being, like, still clearly Apollo is a narcissist, and he still has an, a bit of an adult brain in some things, where Percy wasn't thinking about X, Y, and Z, but Apollo is. Percy was allergic to affection in girls. That's true. Even Annabeth. Yeah. Until they started dating, and even then, it's, like, more romantic than it is, yeah. like, anything else. And Jason... Doesn't have thoughts, so no. Leo is very horny as a, as a sixteen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Apollo's very horny. toned down. Yeah, but he's horny for love. He's for attention. <laughs> for attention. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was very. Um, I've, I've so far liked the way that Apollo's written. He's very funny. He's still adult. An adult. I was like wondering how he was going to be able to retain all of his Apollo adult memories and vibes in someone named Lester's body. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm going to, like, put my prediction down. I still think Meg's parent is Demeter. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now as I talk to you, I'm getting a little suspicious that it's not. Because I was like, the rotten fruit doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I can't think of a god of garbage, so it's going to have to be Demeter. Besides Zeus. But like Zeus is the Demeter. god of garbage. Yeah, just like on fire garbage. Can you imagine? They're like, your parent is Zeus. And they're like, why? Because he's garbage. He's trash. <laughs> he's trash. He's just awful. Um, I said, I guess this is maybe the last time we see Percy in this book. Yeah. So He's like a teaser. They tease us with Percy, and then they're like, and then Percy has leaves. to go study. <laughs> I was like, no, I also have to go study. I don't want a reflection of real life. <laughs> um, so I have a prediction. 
for the next couple chapters. Okay. I think Apollo won't be allowed into camp. Okay. Um, because and it's gonna, he's going to throw a fit. He's going to be literally <laughs> a fathered half of these children here. <laughs> like, let me into camp. Um, I think Meg's guardian is evil. Because, who, guardian? Like, that's such a weird term. Call it's like the same that. way that, like, in the um, Heroes of Olympus, they were, like, my patron constantly. Mm, yeah, yeah. This was Meg's guardian. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're evil. Uh, but, and then they have evil plans for Olympus. But Meg, in the end, will betray them. She's going to choose Apollo over the guardian because of friendship. Um, I think Apollo's old girlfriend he misses is also going to be like show up, but she's going to be a villain. She's going to be evil and bitter. And I think Apollo is going to have to like apologize to her Mm. as she's evil villain monologuing. And he's going to feel a lot of guilt for it. I like that That's you said those you are have, my predictions. I like how you said I have one prediction and then you gave like four. <laughs> yeah, I went off on it. I was like, ooh, I there's like, like a it. lot. Now that now that I have a little bit more established, it's not just Apollo walking around New York. Um, I have a bit more for predictions. And I also think that if I make them now and they get the wilder they get, the more fun it will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready for some lightning bolt round questions? Of course. All right, so mine's a bit lame, but I also realized I didn't know this about you. I know that you hate all vegetables, but... Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst vegetarian I've ever met, but yeah. at the same time, I don't know. What is your favorite fruit, and what is your least favorite fruit? Oh, okay. I do love fruit. I love... I think mango... Might be my favorite mm-hmm. mango. I mean, bananas are like the most versatile. Like I, I, there's always a banana in my smoothie. There's always like you can top it on your French toast. But like a banana alone is not as exciting as a banana with friends. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> I think mango is my favorite. My least favorite is cantaloupe. I don't like cantaloupe. It tastes like nothing. Oh, man. It's a filler fruit. Incorrect. It's a filler fruit. It is a beautiful melon, and it's great for breakfast. I actually don't really like any melons. I don't like, like, honeydew very much either. (gasps) Honeydew is so sweet. No, it's it's not sweet enough for me. Oh, my God. Put some (laughs) sugar on it. Just just dip it in sugar. Ugh. No, they just, I feel like they just, they they look better than they taste to me. Huh. I, I feel like melon is not a super popular fruit. No. Most people don't like, most people also don't like papaya. Oh, I like papaya. I don't I know that like, I've I, ever just like ate a papaya by itself though. I'll have it like hmm. in chunks and something. In mm. chunks of what? I don't know, like in a fruit bowl or like a smoothie oh, okay. bowl. I was like, know? what meal are you eating? <laughs> I had chunks. chunks. Oh, you know, with my ramen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> On some pasta. Ugh. That would make me not like papaya. <laughs> um, as we were talking, I realized that I um, I like all fruit. There's not... You have to pick only one. Fruit, okay, my favorite fruit is probably mango. Just yeah. I like... It will, 
And I also mm. love eating the seed of the mango, mm. kind of like hunched it's over so the sink. Very feral. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing that since I was a child. So it's like my mom would cut a mango and then give me the seed and then I just would run mm. away. Just like drip juice everywhere. Mm. I do love strawberries too, but like yeah. it has to be a good strawberry. I've had some bad ones. Like it's yeah. when it's a bad, like a rotting strawberry, it really ruins it. Or not even a fully ripe strawberry. Yeah. Or like, well, you know when you brush your teeth or have to be minty and then have a strawberry and then your mouth is going to explode. Yeah. Um, I am a big banana fan. Mm-hmm. I have usually have a banana. I feel like all tummy ache girls will be yeah. like very into bananas. It's the, the brat soothing. diet. Brat, banana, rice, apple toast. I was like, who's brat? Bananas, rice, apples, toast. Interesting. That's like then what you're supposed to eat if you're that? sick. If you're sick. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. If you're sick. Yeah, I if I ever have like when a... I was a kid. <laughs> like, please get this child to stop having a tummy ache. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I love bananas. I just ate one this morning. Um, I always have one at least once a day. Nice. So, Banana least favorite food. I don't have... Evan keeps the doctor coming over. But um, <laughs> I don't have a least favorite food. I don't love pineapple just oh, because I, do. I don't like the enzymes. I love the like the juice. I love pineapple juice. Does it and make your mouth feel love... fuzzy? It does. Yeah, that, I might yeah. also be a little allergic. I'm not That's, sure. Mike has that, but then I just get to eat it. And the only fruit that I don't eat is I used to eat papaya every morning and have oh, melons wow. every morning. So I'm like very into fruit. But my least favorite fruit will have to be kiwi just because <gasps> I am allergic to it. Oh, I didn't know that. I, lo- I And I also am not sure if I'm allergic. My mom and my uncle both, their throat closes up and then I oh, had wow. it. And then I was, I think I was eating it fine. And then randomly when I was like 16 or 17, I had it on my birthday cake or something. Like I had mm. a fruit tart for my birthday. Yeah. I love fruit. And <laughs> I ended up like my, my throat closed up. So... Ugh. I, every single time I'm somewhere, I'm like, I kind of want to try and see if I'm allergic to kiwi still, but I also don't want to go to the hospital. Today. Yeah, you're, you're like, I don't want that to happen to me right now. Yeah, this is not the place. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Now we know more about each other. Mm, now we Diet do. wise. I'm a melon hater. Oh, God. <laughs> don't understand. Well, it's just, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> Um, my question is, do you have any wild, like, driving experiences? Like, how Percy just goes off the rails, either as a driver or a passenger? I am not encouraging unsafe driving here. (laughs) We're not encouraging that. Please drive safely if you drive. Well, let's see. I mean, I feel like when I was reading Percy just, like, zooming around as a 16-year-old or 17-year-old, it reminded me of when we were 16, 17, and we used to race each other in our little suburban neighborhood. 100% the reason why they ended up installing, like, roundabouts and speed bumps in my neighborhood is because (laughs) we would drive over to my house just like a horde of us in like four or five cars going like 60 in like please (laughs) please for the sake of our children drive slowly areas i remember that's what i was thinking of too and i remember one time like we were all racing (laughs) 
I didn't like to speed. And so I remember, like, I still didn't lose, but I just, my tactic was to, like, go the fastest way there. Like, take the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. That was my personal tactic. Or, you know, cut people off, but not speed that much. And it was stressful. I remember whoever was in my car was like, go faster. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember when Mike was trying to flirt with you and he put your no. car in neutral? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I killed him because he'd never driven before. So he didn't know what that meant. <laughs> we were all coming back from a lake day and she was fuming. She was like, Mike put my car in neutral. While I was on a hill. <laughs> he was like, oh shit, I didn't know it did that. I was like, what did you think neutral was? Oh, man. He's like, N stands for ninja. <laughs> ninja. That's <laughs> probably what he thought. Yeah, I feel like any of my crazy driving things were like just being a dumb child. Yeah. But it wasn't even that, like, we didn't do anything that crazy, you know? Yeah. Not we just, like, that. went a little fast in side streets. Do you or, remember Or when... snuck into each other's car, like, drove yeah. together when there was a whole law of, like, under 16, or within the first, like, six months of having your license, you're not allowed to drive people, which is kind of dumb. Yeah, I remember really we'd, dumb. like, kind of we'd do that, we were, like, I don't know, my six months yet, hop on in. <laughs> Like a whole controversy. Yeah. Big, big news in the friend group. Oh, yeah. Big drama. I remember, um, oh, God. Uh, do you remember when we were first trying to drive over to the city for the oh. thing that we volunteered for? And that almost killed time. us. Because <laughs> we, I mean, so that's like a famous, uh, in Seattle, there's this exit that comes off right as you take the exit onto like the entrance on bleh, the on-ramp onto the five onto i5 going over it's the first exit so you have to cross six lanes of traffic in under um and less than a, like three-fourths of a mile and people are mean and we're scared mm-hmm. and we're 16 and so we had to do that and we're, like vibrating the whole time we were trying to go to like the Pacific Science Center for an event oh, or something, yeah. and it was so scary. <laughs> it is scary. I mean, that's I still I hate tell that. People, yeah, that is the only way I can get to where I live. So the last mm-hmm. three years of me driving, that's the exit I have to take every single time. So I've kind of gotten really numb to it. Mm-hmm. But anytime I ask, tell people like we're going this way, I always give them alternatives because especially if yeah. you're not used to the area, it's just torture. Yeah. If you don't like drive on aggressive highways very often, it's not fun. Yeah. Percy would have been fine. He would have been fine. He was swerved through traffic. Just yeah. been like, if you don't let me in, you will kind of crash your car. I don't give a yeah. shit. He'll feel yeah. the wrath of Poseidon if you don't let me in. <laughs> Oh, what a way to exist. Mm. But anyways, all that's to say, drive safely, please. <laughs> please. Obey the laws. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last question we got from Julia on Instagram, and they asked, if you were a fallen god, which demigod would you, like, specifically ask for help? Um, I think for sure. See, I was thinking Percy, because Percy is not going to say no to helping somebody. True. Because uh, the first thought would be Percy, because he would not say no to helping. But I was like, it'd be 
even more useful if you went to Annabeth yeah. and asked for help. Because she's, at least then you have the brain cell. But also she would rope Percy in. So. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking Annabeth too. Because Annabeth might be a little... I don't know that she'd say no, though. Because Annabeth would be intrigued by my predicament. Like, she'd be, like, I'm in, like, she'd be invest, interested in how I'm supposed to become a god again. And, like, what the, what I have to do. Just from, like, a historical standpoint. She'd be, like, want to know about what happened before and how to fix it. Yeah. She might not help me because she likes me. It's not, like, out of kindness of her heart. It's just so No, you get Percy, too. No. Yeah, it's out of Percy obligation. Percy was because he can't say no because he's a mm-hmm. hero. Yeah. But I think Annabeth would probably have gotten me there a lot more safely. <laughs> yeah, maybe she would have driven and they would have been better. Yeah. Who knows? We could have taken well, her guys, think- like, plane. <laughs> yeah. The blobs would have to fly behind. Yeah. But at least the good thing is... Even though, obviously, Percy has no experience fighting these plague, no so, uh, no sai, but um, at least Apollo knows, so we don't have to do the whole thing of Percy being like, what is their weakness? They kind of look at this, I don't know what they are, and he has a whole fight sequence, and at the end is like, oh, they're plague demons, because he gets, like, stuck, like, touched by one. He gets a cold. Yeah. He's like, oh, I get it now. We get the information right off the bat, because, you know, we're dealing with a god with a lot of memories and experience. Yeah. He just has to sort through his memories a little bit. A little Which, bit. Like, same sometimes. <laughs> I get it. Well, so next time we are going to do chapters 9 through 12. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm assuming that they're going to try to make it to camp. Maybe they will make it to camp. We will find out. We'll all find out together. That's true. It's a journey. We'll see mm. if you predict any of your predictions were accurate. Yes. See if we can get Chiron's help. Place mm. capture the Patrick. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and if you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link's in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message if you ever want your questions to be heard on the podcast. Um, you follow us on social media at Camp Halfpod. Email us camphalfpod at gmail.com. Please, please, please tag your spoilers. I will put a little folder, especially if you're going to send us lightning bolt questions. Just say Trials of Apollo, lightning bolt questions. I'll put them in my handy dandy folder and <laughs> look at them and then add them to our episode. Yay! And don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us. Or even, not even wherever you're listening, all the other places you don't listen. Yeah! Be obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, leave us just the most unhinged reviews. Yeah. Probably, and, but unhinged. <laughs> unhinged. And unhinged. also drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> do not do what we did at 16, although I will say that it wasn't too bad. No, we were really tame. Crazy. We were quite tame. (laughs) On that note, see you guys next time.